The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello again, everybody. It's Michael Citro of TheMainland.com, and it's time for The Mainland Podcast, episode number 88. Uh, I am joined by a man who needs no introduction, but I'll give him one anyway. It's David Rowe. Dave, how are you this week? Oh, I'm just dandy here at the end of this uh, hangover of a month, but uh, you know we'll uh, we'll get through it. We only got well today's the last day. Yeah, well the 31st is the last day, so if you if you capture this uh, particular pod while it's uh, fresh and hot. Right out of the oven, uh, it would be the 31st of May, the last day of the month. And uh, good riddance to May, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it's been a pretty brutal month in many, many ways, uh, not only for our beloved Orlando City uh, SC, but also um, the first day of the three-day holiday weekend, my air conditioner went out. And so I spent three days in just a living hell, uh, you know, Obviously, first world problems, but uh, no air conditioning in the 90 some odd degrees. Uh, and it was 90 degrees and humid inside my house as well as outside their, the house. It was no escape. Uh, I ended up going to Walmart, spending 80 bucks on fans to get me through a couple of days. And uh, the guy came today uh, as we record this. He came on uh, uh, Tuesday. Luckily, I was able to work from home and he came in uh, a new capacitor, set me back about 200 bucks uh, total for the the visit so it could have been worse it could have been in the thousands but um uh, i am i am now air conditioned and uh the the humidity is being pumped out of our home as we speak so uh it's well, it's not been a great it's not been a great uh, couple of days uh for orlando city or for uh for the citro household now now this is a joke obviously but um uh central florida in at the end of may with no air conditioning i'm not so sure that is a first world problem <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's you know, some people get no air conditioning all year round. For for I guess it's a first world problem when it goes out, because uh, you that means you've at least had it at some point. That's true. So, uh, but yeah, it was it was no fun and it was hard to sleep. Uh, obviously, it was so hot and that kind of thing. So, um, anyway, we're we're back and uh, we'll put that behind us, just like we'll put behind us. The 1-0 loss at Minnesota United, a game which, you know, if you look at the stat sheet, Orlando thoroughly dominated. Uh, shots were 20-7, to um, but uh, unfortunately Minnesota got the breakthrough, got the first goal in the second half, early in the second half, in fact, and, and uh, they were uh, the Loons were able to hold on. Uh, Orlando, again, another opportunity uh, late in game that just the chances weren't taken. You had uh, Scott Sutter miss just wide of the net. You had... Uh, Carlos Rivas hit the post. Uh, it just was one of those games. I think uh, uh, Laren had a chance, uh, a couple of chances early. Um, and, and just those opportunities, when you don't cash in on them, Dave, they just, you know, they, they evaporate and it gives the other team uh, a lifeline. And Because if you put a team, a fragile team like Minnesota, you put them down early like that, it, it, chances are you could go on to romp. You know, it's... Uh, so... The the thing for me is you were, you were mentioning that you know we dominated on the on the sheet and everything but goals um, early in the season when we were winning we were getting beaten on the score sheet but winning games and now we're dominating the score sheet and losing games and frankly uh, I'm good with us you know not winning possession and and <clears throat> shots on goal if we can go back to uh, you know getting the W so. Uh, <laughs> Um, you know, it's hard to win on the road. It's even harder to win on the road when it's up against your, you know, former coach and, and uh, one of your former players who are obviously going to be, you know, motivated. Uh, you throw into the fact that we had no caca for the game. Um, and then uh, Rivas hitting the post. I mean, how, that's I think somebody counted it's like seven times so far this yeah, season. Yeah, I we believe hit, we've hit the woodwork seven times this year. Oh, right? my God. I mean, just. 
that at some point, I mean, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not an actual believer in luck as a, as a thing in the universe, but you know, that's the type of thing that just, it makes you shake your head and, and wonder why, why are we, you know, why is this happening? Um, so, uh, and it wasn't even like it was a, it was a, a hard Revis shot that, you know, bounced off the, the woodwork and came back out and had a chance. It just kind of dribbled over there and nudged it. Yeah, it just dribbled. He, you know, he just tried to get it around the keeper, just curl it around, and he did that. But unfortunately, you know, one or two less coats of paint, and that might bounce in, but instead it <laughs> bounced out, and it's just uh, it, it's just an unfortunate thing. But, I mean, you, you've got to be sharper 1v1 versus the keeper. You've got to get it on frame. And if the keeper makes an unbelievable save, he makes an unbelievable save, and you tip your cap. But you can't miss the net, and hitting the post is missing the net. Yes, um, it is. It's just a very, very narrow missing of the net. And I hear, um, you know, people want to give Rivas credit for coming close to scoring, but, I mean, that's, uh, that's still a miss. I mean, in hockey, they only give you shots on goal if you hit the post. Um, you know, we, we used to we used to count the shots on goal up in the uh, the off-ice officials' booth, and we'd be like, yep, yeah, that's not a shot on goal. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it, a shot on goal is a shot that would go in the goal if not stopped by somebody. So, uh, obviously, it hits the post and stays out. That wouldn't have gone in. So, uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, it was, uh, you know, you got to say it's a pretty good defensive game, uh, only allowing seven uh, shots against the home team. Um, but, you know, there was just one lapse, and that was just a, a little bit of a late step by Donny Toya. Kept Christian Ramirez on side. But you got to tip your cap. That was a really great play uh, that, you know, Minnesota made with the, with the, the, the pass over the top and the flick on. It was, uh, you know, those you you are going to get beat by some of those some of the time, especially by prolific uh, scorers. And, and Ramirez had a couple of good chances. Uh, Bendick held him at bay on one of them. Um, I saw some one of our readers uh, commented that Bendick was, you know, really to blame for that goal. And you know, you got to look at any one v one versus the keeper, and you got to say it's really harsh to blame a keeper for that. He came off his line. Uh, it's probably a split second too late to get to it. Um, but he, well, and he, you know, I mean, he, he, he got big. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, he just, just missed it. I mean, he just came yeah, out. He, just and he, he, did, he was a split second from being able to get it. And he, he comes out a split second earlier and he stops, stops it. But you know, that's just the way the game goes. I mean, you, you gotta be able to score two goals against Minnesota. I'm sorry. You just have to, um, Everybody else seems to be able to do it. Uh, <laughs> they don't have a they don't have a confident group back there. I thought they played pretty well defensively for the most part, uh, but really Orlando gifted them by by missing opportunities they should have scored on. Um, Matias Perez Garcia and Carlos Rivas between them, I think, killed at least seven birds uh, that yep. were flying over TSCF Bank Stadium. <laughs> um, it, just couldn't keep anything down. Um, it, it's it's a little bit – it's funny, actually, because this team played on turf for two years, but they looked like a bad turf team on Saturday night. They just looked like they were misjudging the, the weight of mm-hmm. passes. They were you know, they were getting funky bounces that they weren't expecting. Uh, balls were bouncing higher than they expected. Um, it, it's a little bit different when it's your home turf uh, and when you go on the road. And that was – it just didn't look like a good surface. It didn't look like the team was very comfortable on it, and um, it certainly affected them. It absolutely did, and and um, the the turf does look funny. I remember when uh, we were talking last week, and you were talking about that seam uh, that runs along there. And I, uh, when I was watching the game, I went, "Oh, okay, yeah, that's that's what he's talking about. I see that gigantic seam." Yeah, that's running it's along like there. it's like runs down the sideline. It's like yeah, they it's... needed to make the pitch wider, and they didn't, so they added carpet to the edge. It's, it's really, it just doesn't look like it would be very comfortable. I should have asked our guest about that, but. Uh, Honestly, you know, you got limited time, so you don't want to talk in individual games and that kind of thing. But it was, uh, you know, and I, I don't want to excuse or use the turf as an excuse for Orlando City losing that game. I think that missed chances. You, they missed their opportunities early. They let Minnesota hang around and get comfortable. And also, you, I saw a team playing very, very hard for its coach. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, you know that Adrian Heath wanted that game. You know that he harped on it. It was really no different than when, when uh, Orlando City played against New York City uh, for the first time under Jason Christ. Everybody left it all on the line. All you got to do is look at the yellow cards. They yep. had five yellow cards, none for Orlando. 
which team was playing harder? <laughs> you know, right. uh, you know, you got to get, they were playing to the edge and in one case beyond the edge. Uh, but you know, that's what you see when you, when you see a team that is desperate for a win, you see them, you know, probably racking up fouls and stuff because they're just doing whatever they can to throw bodies in your way, to throw, you know, heavy challenges your way and that kind of thing. And the one that, uh, that Sam Cronin threw at PC, he's getting a suspension for. It's a little too late to help Orlando City, but, um, you know, he at the time got yellow carded. A lot of people thought that should have been a straight red, and the MLS uh, Disciplinary Committee, or DISCO as we like to call them, uh, they decided, uh, yeah, it was bad enough to warrant a red, and he's uh, he's going to miss the next game. That doesn't help Orlando City try to get back against a 10-man team, which would have happened with about, I think, just under a half an hour to go. So they would have had yeah. just, just under a half an hour of a man advantage to try to uh, to take something from the game, and I kind of like their chances if that had happened. That would have been that would have been very nice, and uh, I I had the same reaction when I read the news uh, that Disco came out and, and suspended him. The first thing that went through my head was, well, okay, well that's great, but it doesn't do us any good. How many times you know? on this podcast, and this is probably even like long before you became a co-host, have I sat here and said uh, that player got disciplined and had he just gotten disciplined in the moment things might have been different right it's just been sort of just haunting the team it's almost laughable at this point how many things go against orlando city that are later you know judged after the game and and you know i don't know how many times uh, pro referees have apologized publicly for you know to orlando city or, or admitted fault uh but it's just it's just one of those things and you got to there's nothing you can do about it, so you just got to play on and, and hope that, you know, the longer the team is around, the, the, that these things will even out a lot more than they have uh, over the last couple of years. So, um, you know, I, I guess if you go back and you look at the performance overall, uh, the passing in the final third could have been better. I thought especially mm-hmm. I, I thought especially Kyle Laren didn't pass very well in the final third. I mean, he's, passing's not his game. It's not his, what he's known for. But in a three-on-three, there's plenty of space. And if you want to get the ball to a teammate, you've got to make sure you get the ball by the first defender. Uh, You have to. And I don't think he did a very good job of that on uh, on Saturday night. And I also thought, I thought Carlos Rivas was a little bit lazy on Saturday night. I thought many times he had the ball on the left side and just stood still and then crossed it in. He didn't bother to try to move and get better his position or, or maybe, you know, give himself an option by trying to get to the end line, maybe even beating... Uh, beating the defender with his speed around the corner and turning in. He just was very static and just stood still and crossed it in. And about three times, he, he knocked it right off the defender because how could you not? The defender's standing right in front standing of you. Standing right there, yeah. Well, and you're and not moving. So I thought, you know. And we've talked about that, the difference between Rivas on the road and Rivas at home. Yeah, I mean, he led the team in crosses. He led the team in shots. So, you know, you look at that and you go, well, he's the only one trying to do anything. But was he really, tr- really, truly putting effort forth? I don't think so, because I think that Minnesota was a team ripe for a guy like Carlos Rivas to just absolutely destroy. And he just didn't look like he had it. Um, whether he was tired, whether he didn't like the turf, whether, I, you know, I, whether he was just relapsing into, you know, to some of his performances in the last couple of years, I couldn't say what exactly it was, but he certainly wasn't the best version of himself on that night. And it, it certainly... On a team that lacks scoring punch, you have to have those guys, you know, the Laren and Rivas up top, they have to be on. They cannot take nights off like that. I, I'm not suggesting that they just didn't care or try. I'm just saying, for whatever reason, they were both off at the same time, and you can't have that. And they've both been off pretty much the entire month, which is why we're sitting here winless. Yeah, or really, with this team, if one of them's off, it's enough. And we've seen... Some nights Laren's off, and other nights Rivas is off, and some nights both of them are off. But yeah, it's been a combination of all of that. But I think if you look by and large, with the exception of just a couple games this in this six six game winless streak, by and large, from Bendik to the attacking midfield has been fine. Not mm-hmm. great, but fine. It's been you know the top of the diamond and the two strikers that have not really you know had that performance that that's necessary to win and and it's it's very difficult to get goals uh from you know from the back line you're not getting anything off set pieces and that kind of thing so it it all adds up to a big long 
pile of garbage that we're trying to dig our way out of. And there's one more opportunity to, to salvage some win from the month of May against DC United. And we'll talk more about that match uh, a little later in the show. Um, Dave, I got to get your man of the match for <laughs> Orlando City at Minnesota. One nil loss. Um, it was a toss up, like you said. So from Bendik up to the to the uh, midfield was it was generally good, um, but um, for me it was either going to be uh, Sutter or Specter. Um, it was a bit of a toss up. I gave the nod to Specter just because um, you know he continues to be a leader mm-hmm. back there. Um, you know he he cleared the ball well, you know, he communicated well. Um, I don't remember any breakdowns in particular that he had. Um, it could have gone either way for me between him or Sutter, but um, uh, just uh, uh, based on, like I said, on the the leadership that he is, is showing in in the uh, defense, um, he, he gets my man of the match for, uh, for the Minnesota game. Yeah, I, I did the grades for, for that particular, particular match, and that was um... – that was my dilemma at the end of the game was, uh, you know, who was better, Spectre or Sutter. And uh, they were both pretty good. I thought um, I, I gave it to Sutter just barely, uh, you know, probably thousandths of a percentage point if it was based on any kind of like a Audi rating kind of thing. Um, but I, I gave it to him because his, he, he led the t- entire team in passing accuracy. He was second to Rivas in crosses. Uh, he helped create. He had a shot that just barely missed the far post. And you definitely want your your fullbacks coming forward and getting shots. And he did he did do that. He had a long throw in that Kyle Laren probably should have scored on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and he, he had three interceptions, four clearances. It was a good defensive night for him as well. His side of the pitch was was largely pretty quiet from from the other team's perspective. So. Um, I think he did his job pretty well. Uh, Spectre did a good job as well, but I'm, I'm just slightly edging him with Scott Sutter. And it has nothing to do with the fact that Scott Sutter is our guest tonight. So, uh, because I had already, because I already had picked him on, uh, on, I ended up actually writing the grades on Sunday. We usually do it on Saturday. Uh, but, uh, Gavin was doing the recap and his computer died. So I stepped in and helped and did the recap. And by that time, I think it was the fifth story I'd written in two days. And I was like, yeah, I can't do the grades tonight because it's not going <laughs> to get done until one in the morning anyway. So right. I waited and did it the next day when I was in a little bit better mood. And I well, was, That's okay. That helped out with my line lengths because it, uh, it gave me something else to put in there. So thanks. Yeah, I, and I had absolutely nothing uh, to do but sit and sweat on Sunday. So um, I may as well sweat and be miserable while doing the line, uh, doing the grades. So that's what I ended up doing. <laughs> See, listeners, how much Michael Citro sacrifices. I wrote a lot of stories last week. Holy, <laughs> holy cow! I did. I like. I did. If you go back and look at our pages, uh, you know, for for like the weekend, it was there was a lot of stories I wrote, and and that's just stuff that I wrote for this site. I actually had a side gig that I had to write something for too. So it was nuts. Uh, but we move on. You know, I kind of had a feeling. At the beginning of the year, when they when they sent us to Minnesota to play Adrian Heath's team on the road, I kind of thought, God, that's a that's a game that they're going to be up for, and we could actually lose mm-hmm. that game. And and so it, it came to pass. I felt when when I heard Kaká wasn't playing, I was like, Oh, come on, yeah, there's, there's yeah. And then I heard that Kevin Molino wasn't playing for them, and I thought, Okay, well maybe that evens things out a little bit. <laughs> uh, but it it just didn't. I, I really did think that Minnesota played hard for their coach, and and you know what? That's probably to me the 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 best vindication for Adrian Heath, who went through a very very difficult March and April, uh, mm-hmm. and people were already calling for his head. I think that is just huge for him because he's 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 made the deal with Colorado made them a better team he's got them you know engaged and playing hard for him and, and that's really all you can ask for when it, you know the team the players themselves really you know no different playing than playing any other team that they play but you know because Kevin Molino wasn't out there right but for Adrian Heath obviously it meant a great deal more so the fact that he got that across to his players and they responded to it, it really speaks highly uh, of, of how they feel about him. And, and that's good to see. 
Well, how, how much would you have rather played them at the beginning of April? Oh, so much more. So much more. <laughs> yeah, if Demidov had played uh, center back uh, Saturday, I would have liked our chances even more. A lot better, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I honestly thought we could go up there and win that game and expected it. I expected to, to win that game. And I thought it's either going to be like a 2-1 win or a 2-2 draw, depending on, on how many uh, they can poach with Ibarra. And at, at the mm-hmm. time, I thought Molino because uh, I didn't know he was going to miss the game, and, and, and Ramirez, because I think they're legitimate uh, offensive threats. And Venegas has played well against Orlando before when he was with Montreal. So, um, yeah, I think that I expected a 2-1, 2-2. I didn't expect a 1-0 for sure from those two teams. Um, if you had told me it was going to be 1-0, I would have just assumed Orlando had trouble scoring and won the game. But, yeah, that would have made a lot more sense. <laughs> but uh, um, it, it but not to be. So anyway, uh, Kaká is also going to miss the D.C. United match. He's got a calf injury. Apparently he took a hard foul against New York City FC and is just bothering him. And it's, they've scanned it, and there's no damage. So it's just a matter of when when uh, it stops bothering him, he can get back out there. And, and that doesn't – you know, when I say bothering him, I'm not saying that this is all in his head. I'm saying that it's uh, it hurts, but it's not something showing up as tissue damage on a scan. It's uh, – you know, so like you, you get a bruise and it hurts, but it doesn't mean, you know, you know, that an MRI is going to show like a, you know, that you've ripped your muscle in half or whatever. Right. Right. So well, it's, and... it's, it's, you know, and people are, I'm all over the place. Saying, oh, he's too old. He's too fragile. He needs to retire. You know, Rafael Ramos hasn't played in the MLS this year. He's much, much younger. So uh, it can happen to you at any age. And, and so we're, we're not even sure it's the same calf that gave him problems before. Um, he's also had issues with thighs and everything else. I mean, he, he puts himself out there and, you know, the other team knows that if they control him, they can, they can win the game much easier. So they're going to yeah. knock him around a lot. And he got, he got knocked around. He, he got fouled pretty hard, uh, against New York and, and ended up uh, subbing off early. And I thought he was ineffective and that explains a lot because he was out there trying to give it a go on, on, a you know, on a bum leg. So, right. um, he obviously wasn't as sharp as he normally is. He wasn't able to keep balls in like he normally is. And, and, and you know, you could see what he was trying to do and his feet weren't obeying him. Uh, so there was something going on. And, and now we know he's he's taking a well, knock. So uh, and anybody that says that, uh, you know, he, he's a detriment, needs to retire or anything like that. Tell me that you wouldn't have liked to have had him up in Minnesota and tell me that you wouldn't want to have him at the game for D.C. Of I mean, course you would. He's. There's no doubt that Kaká is the most creative player on the team. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about it. And one of the most creative in the league. And he creates space. I mean, that goal at San Jose doesn't happen without him drawing two defenders in and mm-hmm. then releasing PC down the left side. Yep. Now, there are other players that can draw the defense in, but maybe don't deliver an accurate pass to PC. There are other other players that can make the accurate pass that he made, but maybe don't have the the respect of the other team to draw the two defenders to him. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot right. that goes into it. And I, I think it's ridiculous that people think that he should uh, hang him up or whatever. I mean, he's earned the right to, to at least uh, have the benefit of the doubt in my mind. And if he, you know, people are, people are always just saying, well, he's not worth $7 million. And my response is, it's not your $7 million. You know, it's Flavio's <laughs> right. $7 million. If he wants to pay him $7 million, and, and if Kaká can get it, more power to him, man. Uh, who am I to say that you're not worth whatever somebody's willing to pay you? You are worth whatever somebody's willing to pay you. It's, you know, it's it's not about it. It's not, it's not uh, you know, your salary is not based on your performances. Your salary is not based on how many games you play. Your salary is based on what you've done to, to get to that salary. And that's, well, that's how, it, that's how it, it, it all lines up. If I could have, you know, if I make 50K a year and have a, a – and, and, and sign on for another five years at 60K that next year, I might have a crap year, but it doesn't mean I'm not, you know, that I didn't earn that 60K contract, right? Absolutely not. And not only that, but, you know, I, Kaka, obviously, you know, he brings the skills, he brings the creativity. Um, I mean, he brings, he scores. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he's, he's one of our, you know, we've, we've said, you know, when Laren is on and scoring, Kaka is a good, you know, second, um, uh, a score behind him. But, uh, that's not all he brings. I mean, he brings uh, experience. He brings um, passion. He brings uh, dedication. He he 
wants to play, and he makes the other people around him better. Oh, yeah. Dave, he makes Rivas so much better. Right. So if, you know, if you want to know where the money's going, that's where it's going. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, and like you said, it's Flavio's money. So, yeah, I don't, I mean, yeah, people are, I, I was arguing somebody the other day about No Torino. Oh, No Torino's not worth that much money. Hey, it's not my money. Why are you complaining that he's not worth that much money? It's not your money. He's, he's, it's all, the, it's all part of the cap. It's all part of the allocation money. The team's got a plan. If they didn't think that he was worth it, they would have not done it. So, well, not only that, but he's <laughs> been, he's been solid all year. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously you could argue anybody's like, people want the team to pay Kyle Aaron more. Okay, Kyle Aaron's earned his next contract. There's no doubt that Kyle Aaron's going to get a raise. That doesn't mean he has, they have to retroactively give him millions of dollars because he scored a bunch of goals. Right? Of course not. And Kyle, <laughs> Kyle knows. Kyle knows that. Kyle knew that he was playing for the next guy. That's all athletes know that. They know that you know what um, that you play for the next contract, and if you play hard enough, then you get more money. And if you don't, then you don't. So, you know, uh, let's face it. If 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 Kyle didn't know that, um, do you think he'd be not trying to score and, and having a bad May? Of course not. I mean, he, he knows that. Um, and, and he's going to earn more money. He's going to earn a lot more money. Hopefully we pay him. Yeah. Well, I'd and like that, him to stick around. I mean, it's, it's a thing, too. I mean, you, you wonder how much, how much all those stories that were about him leaving and going to Europe and being worth X amount of dollars and this and that, uh, which were happening right around the end of April – you wonder how much mm-hmm. did that get into his head? You know, how much is that affecting him? Is he pressing? Is he trying to do too much? Is he, you know, is he not thinking of, of you know, is he thinking instead of reacting naturally? Right. You know, and... that kind of thing. So, I mean, it, it all goes into it. And I'm, you know, the best thing for that Orlando City could do is just somehow eke out a win and put the entire month behind them and, um, and move on from there. Because they're still, in a, despite this awful month, they're still right in the thick of things. So it's, you know, nothing's really changed. There's still a lot of season to go. And they're in a much better position uh, after, you know, almost three months of the season than they were the last couple of years. So mm-hmm. that's all any of us can really hope for. Uh, let's move on and talk about the Orlando Pride. Because they went on the road again because they've been on the road a lot. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> they've practically lived on the road so far this season. And uh, they went up to Sky Blue FC, team they had never beaten. Went up there, scored the first goal. Jasmine Spencer uh, takes a Camilla pass, scores, and opens the scoring. Everything's great. But then right before the half, they give up a goal. And um, then another one in the second half, and they end up losing 2-1 on the road to Sky Blue FC. Almost a, a repeat of when Sky Blue came to Orlando and the you know again they scored first and uh, Sky Blue came back with two goals so um, the the pride with their modest three game unbeaten streak is over uh, and they finally get to come home they still didn't have uh, Chioma Ubogagu, um so she was missing and uh, you know they they were I would say from the, what I saw of the game because all three games were going on at the same time yeah. Uh, and I had three devices with uh, all three games on at the same time, so I was trying to my best to try to keep an eye on everything. But they, I, I thought they played pretty good soccer in some spurts, and uh, you know certainly was uh, a team that they could beat. They just uh, for whatever reason couldn't. A couple of big saves on the opposite side, and and uh, a couple of missed chances. So again, you know it's you, you miss your chances. You don't you don't off. Um, you know, you don't often get that result that you want, and the Pride didn't get that result. Exactly. I mean, you know, they they won the uh, possession game uh, over 67%. Uh, they outshot Sky Blue by 1, 11 to 10. Um, they just, like you said, some outstanding saves keep them off the uh, the 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 scoreboard uh, from getting more goals, and and you know, give it up to Sky Blue for you know hanging in there playing hard and, and getting them getting the points mm-hmm. um it, i think it was compounded like you said all three games are at the same time and and all three you know losses and and that just you know that hurts um but i don't think that it was necessarily a a, a bad game for the pride like you said i think they played fairly well most of the game and um you know good for jasmine and getting that 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 goal and getting it early. I mean, it's always nice if you can get that early goal. Um, but, um, you know, on the road again, and we've said it 
with the MLS squad. We say it with all the squads. It's tough to win on the road. And uh, this is just a, another example of of why that is. Yeah, I got to watch the first half hour of the game pretty pretty much uninterrupted. And they had it, – it was, it was just kind of a strange game. They, they had so much possession. They had so many opportunities to get forward. But every time they got in that attacking third, something weird would happen. Uh, like, for example, on one chance – Jasmine Spencer. Whoa, hello. <laughs> this, game, this show's just gone to the dogs. Um, Jasmine Spencer gets into the box and falls down just for whatever reason. I mean, I don't know if she just lost her footing. Um, and there were just little plays like that. Um, a bad pass or a ball skips off over someone's foot because it's got too much spin on it. Or there were just weird little things happening that were keeping them from getting uh, a, a real toehold in the game. But they were really all over Sky Blue with their pressure early. Yeah, sorry about that with the dog. Uh, <laughs> it happens. It happens. Well, the the dogs the, the are boy... on their own schedule. They're not on a well, podcast schedule. Well, the 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 boy came home, and the dog was excited. The boy came home, so uh, just bad timing. But anyway, uh, um, yeah, it's um, there's like you said, they're 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 back home uh, for the next game. Um, I. I I think, and we said it last week, they've had um, they've had a hard schedule, and you know they're they're playing well. It's just that you know the results aren't coming, but I think that they will. So I'm I'm not as worried about it. You know, they like you said they they had good possession. They they didn't make the most of all the chances. They had some breakdowns in the final third, but there's you know some you're going to have games like that. Yeah, it sounds like a cat wants to get involved in the show, just not wanting to get upstaged by that dog. Um, yeah, the, the 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 thing that excites me about the Pride, Dave, is that they they have that backloaded schedule with you know which is very favorable the second half of the season, uh, and they have I think played much better than they were playing last year when they had the long losing streak. So I think that the that the future is bright. They just got to put some results together. I think they can do that at home. And uh, hopefully that'll start this weekend against the Boston Breakers. Yeah, and you know, there's nothing better, and I feel the same for the MLS squad. Nothing better than coming home uh, with a chance to regroup, uh, recharge, because you're you're sleeping in your own bed, you're back at your own training grounds. You know, the confines are familiar. You've got your fans. It's an excellent opportunity to get back on the right track and get that win. Get past the yips, whatever yips you have going on, um, and, uh, and and then move forward from there. And good news for the Pride. Uh, or, uh, Alex Morgan has returned to full training with her uh, her French team, Lyon, so hopefully she will be back and fit. And uh, after the Olympic break, or not the Olympic break, the international break uh, following Champions League final, hopefully she will be able to come back to Orlando and start contributing some offense uh, for the Pride. So, I think a very bright uh, second half of the season is ahead. I think that I just can't imagine um, Marta and, and Alex Morgan on the same team and, and being able to uh, to put together some chemistry and, and put together some offense and play off each other. Uh, that's going to be exciting, and I'm looking forward to Tom Sermani's club uh, for the rest of the season. Um, Orlando City B, as we mentioned, all three teams were in action at the same time. They came home. Uh, they played Charlotte Independence after two weeks without a game for the second time. Uh, they basically played two games in a, in a month's time. They played, uh, they had two weeks off, played a game, had two more weeks off, played another game. So it was kind of ridiculous scheduling, uh, for the USL team. They went out and they scored the first goal. Uh, Albert Deke was scoring from a, another Pierre da Silva assist because all Pierre da Silva do, does is just set up goals. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, he went out and uh, they scored the first goal, but they they gave up two goals late in the first half to fall behind, and it was another one of those cases where they really, I mean, Charlotte was very comfortable letting Orlando City B have the ball. That's kind of their mm-hmm. game. They sit back and they counter, but Charlotte only had two shots in the first half, and they scored goals on both of them. Yeah, that's 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 harsh. Uh, when when you're 100 percent for uh, shots on goal and, and goals, that's uh, that's um, that that hurts uh, just from a it, 
you know, and, and like you said, a counterattacking team, that's the type of thing that they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not worried about, you know, even possession or working it out of the midfield. It's, you know, okay, absorb, 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 and then attack. And give them credit. They did a good job of it. Uh, you know, two goals in, in the first half and then getting that, that last one second. So it, um, I think for me the thing is, is that scheduling two games in one month makes it hard to have any kind of coherent play. Yeah, it's uh, not in rhythm at all. You know, right. It, it, and that especially is a, is a factor in the offensive third when you don't have that rhythm. It really affects that part of your game. And that and that showed, you know, only scoring one goal for all the possession they had and that kind of thing. Uh, and also some bad luck. Zach Carroll fell down on the second goal. Uh, so he wasn't able to be involved, and it just wasn't uh, just wasn't OCB's night. They lose 3-1 to the Independents. Um, that was the first time the Independents has beaten OCB uh, at OCB. So um, you know they had done a good job to that point, at least getting points against Charlotte. But um, it was not to be on Saturday night because it was Black Saturday <laughs> for the la- lads and lasses in purple. Uh, just not a good night, and uh, we're just gonna. We're just going to forget about it and move on. We're just Look, all I'm saying is that you didn't have air conditioning and everybody <laughs> lost. So uh, there's got to be some sort of correlation there. Yeah, sure. Orlando City Club, uh, Orlando City... Lives and dies team. by Michael Citro's yeah. air conditioning. Their, their teams are 0-3 when I have no air conditioning. <laughs> and I, I think you can't argue with those kind of statistics. <laughs> you know? I mean, I'm, I'm not arguing causation, but I, I'm worrying, you know, arguing correlation. So that's, you know... <laughs> Uh, so anyway, um, we will turn the page and we will look forward to this weekend and uh, hopefully we will see some better results out of all of the teams. And um, uh, actually, this time next week when you and I record, we're going to know who Orlando City plays. Orlando City, like we've talked about them having a three-game homestand and the Lions do have that. But they actually have a four-game homestand because they've got an open cup game in there as well. And uh, this time next week, actually after tomorrow night, we'll know who their mm-hmm. first open cup uh, opponent will be. It'll be either the Tampa Bay Rowdies, so you're either going to get an I-4 Derby right here in the city beautiful, or uh, you're going to see Miami FC for the first time. So that's going to be kind of exciting uh, either way. I think that's going to be fun. And uh, we won't, we already knew we we're probably going to see a bunch of backups for that game for Orlando City anyway, but uh, just to drive that home, um, uh, Will Johnson and Kyle Laren were named to the, uh, were called up the Canadian national team during that period so they won't be around for that game anyway so mm-hmm. uh you know so good for them good for will good for kyle so we'll yeah international action and and uh, good luck to them in their game and hopefully they'll come back healthy yeah that's about all you can help for on the uh any of the international breaks is if anybody gets called up just don't get hurt for god's sake like when uh the other year when uh cacao um you know, got called up to Brazil Kaka and then he got hurt. hurt and, and Breck Shea and came he, back hurt. Oh <laughs> man, that was just, that was a brutal, brutal time. So hopefully this, this go around, uh, um, we won't have two of our, our better players come back. Uh, they, they'll be happy and healthy and, uh, able to contribute and, you know, and, and, um, assuming that Kyle doesn't break out of his, his, uh, funk, uh, tonight or, uh, or, or the next game, which I'm hoping that he does, um, you know, if for some reason he doesn't, then, you know, maybe a, a trip to his fellow Canucks will, will help out with that. Yeah, I hope so. All right. We have, uh, let you listen to our pets long enough. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get to our interview. We've got Scott Sutter and, uh, we're going to bring you, uh, our interview with him right after this. Joining us this week on the Mainland Podcast is Orlando City right back Scott Sutter. Scott, thanks so much for being with us on the podcast this week. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Now, I know that uh, this has been a pretty tough month of May for you guys. And, um, you know, I just wanted to know, like, sort of from your perspective, as a professional, how do you um, sort of mentally deal with, uh, like, a stretch of games like this? Uh, yeah, it's not a, it's not an easy one, you know. Um, I, you never really get used to it. Uh, going through a dry spell like we are at the moment, it's, it's just, you know, that's just part of the part of the way it is. It's just it's just a, it's just the game, and that's what makes it the beautiful game. And you, you know, you can win and go on a, a winning streak, and you can go on a dry streak like we are at the moment. So it's um, 
you can't really, or you try not to let it affect you too much. Mm. Uh, you kind of take the positives if you can out of the games that we played, and, and then just yeah, keep on, keep on working hard, and, and at some point, um, hopefully, uh, with hard work and a bit of luck, things will change, and and life will start to look uh, look much better again. <laughs> is it is it more frustrating when when you know in some of those games you you've actually had good performances but just haven't got results? Yeah, it's been, it's, it's been tough. I mean, there's, there were things, you know, there were things that we didn't do great at the beginning of the season when we were winning. And it's it's, it's a strange one because we kind of ironed those out a bit. So we had, like, more possession now. We, we've got a lot of shots. We get chances. And it's just this is not going our way, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, um, maybe we had the luck on our side. You know, we were grinding results out. We didn't have as much possession as the opposition. And, and, um, and yeah, we got the results. So it's a bit of a strange one. And, um, just, just uh, not much you can really do about it. But uh, I think it's, it is frustrating if you look at it, the missed opportunities we had or the opportunities that we had and didn't take. Um, it, is, it is frustrating and it's hard to take, but there's not much you can do about it now. You just know if you keep on putting the performances in, that, that at some point you'll get the luck and get the rub of the green and hopefully that starts for us tomorrow. Yeah, hopefully so. Uh, I, I wanted to, uh, to ask you, you know, now that you've been in the league a couple of months, uh, are teams starting to to defend you a little bit differently now that you've been on, on film uh, for a couple of months and they've seen what you can do? Uh, not not really. I, wouldn't, I, I don't really notice any difference really from the early games to the games now. And, uh, I think I think it's just a, just kind of a modern, you know, I'm a modern kind of fullback and like to get forward. And when we look at other guys and other teams, um, we, you know, we see that, that they like to attack as well. So, uh, it's no secret in today's game that the fullbacks like to get forward. Um, they might be a bit more uh, aware to me that I do uh, do try and look for opportunities to get involved in the attack, and um, I just hope that that I can keep doing it, and and the guys keep putting their faith in me and giving me the ball out wide, and and then I can uh, can whip some balls in. So yeah, it's, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun. Now, when did you decide that you you would want to to maybe come over to the U.S. and play because you'd been You've been playing in the Swiss League, and and you you actually uh, grew up in England, but but here you are in uh, in our country now. Uh, you know, playing professionally. What what all yeah. went into that? Well, I wanted to. When you say when we I've kind of wanted to come for for a while. I wouldn't say I wanted to come three or four years ago uh, per se, because I was you know we were still in the in either Champions League or the Euro League, so I was, I was still focused on that. But it was always always been like a, a sort of a bucket move, uh, bucket list move for me to, to come to the States and come to the MLS. I've always been a big, a big fan of, of America. And I've, I think I've spent the last, I don't know, 10 years of vacations I've spent here at least once a year. I've been summer or the winter and, you know, I actually loved it. And I was actually here, um, not here per se, but in Florida, in Miami, in Key West last summer. And, um, so when it all came about and, and you know, and, and it happened that Orlando were interested and I thought, oh my God, this is, this is great. You know what, for the timing in my career, um, and also, um, also where it is. And, and I, I, I can honestly say there's no better club to play for in the league at the moment with the new stadium, the fan base that we have, uh, the colors, uh, just, just everything, the, the place where, you know, where I get to wake up every, every morning, it's just been, it's just been an amazing move. And, um, I couldn't, couldn't regret it. Can't regret it one bit. And just really, really happy to be here. Which, uh, which of the guys sort of, um, you know, hung out with you and, and helped you kind of get acclimated once you got over here? Um, I think, I think Will, uh, Will Johnson's been a big, big part of that. Partly, I think because, uh, he's fairly new as well. Um, and also we got a bit of a tie in Switzerland. I mean, a bit of a tie. My a really good friend of mine, Josh Simpson, who was in the Canadian national team, was actually Will's uh, roommate for the years when they were together in the national team. And um, so I'm really good friends with this Josh Simpson, and, and Will's one of Josh's best mates. And so I kind of had a, a like you know a contact before I even moved here. When once I knew I signed, um, Josh was on the phone to him and, and said, "Oh, my, one of my buddies is coming over." So. We already had this kind of this this thing, and it feels like I've known him for a lot longer than I have, you know. So um, he's definitely been one of the guys that um, that I do things uh, aside from the from the football pitch, and um, 
And um, there's been a couple of other guys, you know, Joe, I've been, been for a good few games of golf with, uh, with Joe and uh, Fernando as well and uh, Josh Saunders. They've all been really, really, really good to me and, and um, it's been really easy for me to settle in. Now, when you, you started, uh, you know, a while back, you, you've been in the in the game a while. How did the the reputation in Europe of MLS sort of, how did that evolve, you know, over the last 10 years? It's I would imagine it's had to have changed somewhat. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's been, there's no secret, it's been growing and growing and growing, going from strength to strength. Um, you know, and that, that definitely also with the, you know, the amount of top quality players that, that the MLS is bringing in. So, and you just need to look at the, um, the average attendance in, in our service program. You know, it's growing as well. So, it's um, it's definitely looked upon differently than I think it, it was uh, 10 years ago. I think kind of 10 years ago was kind of the start where it started to change and um, and it's been getting better and better and and I was aware because I watched it in the, in, you know, the past uh, uh, couple of years and stuff I was aware of the quality um, and I think it's slowly you know it's getting away from the, the reputation that it's kind of uh, you know it's a second rate league and, and people are just going there to retire kind of kind of still you know mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely evolving from that which is which is great for for you know, the country and great for the MLS. Are you getting used to the heat down here yet? Um, I, I'm not, I've, I've spoken to a couple of guys, you know, from the team. Uh, and I remember Kyle saying to me, um, you, you don't get used to the heat. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't, it's like you deal with it and, and you know what it is, but you, you don't, you don't get used to it. But, um, I, I, I feel like I deal with it pretty pretty well. I mean, it, there have been some hot days, but I think it's kind of it's coming. You know, it's, it's now it's now the time where it starts to get hot and, and the humidity comes, and then uh, you know, then ask me in a couple of months, you know, and then, <laughs> and then we'll see we'll see what I say then. But um, I, you know, I like it because I expect it to be hot. Mm-hmm. So I'm, in my mindset, it's already it's it's hot. It's going to be hot. It's going to be like close to 100 degrees when we play, for example. I, I know that. I'm kind of prepared for it. Whereas in the past, in Switzerland, it might, on occasions, you, you'd look at the weather report and it'll be like, oh, my God, it's going to be like 97 degrees, 98 degrees, and it's just, you're not kind of used to it. A few days ago, it was like, I don't know, like 70 degrees or something max. So now I can feel like I deal with it better. And, and the other side of it, you know, is you struggle playing for Orlando City in the heat, then the other guys are going to struggle two, three times more. So that's, that's always like a, a kind of the mindset you should have. Sure. Uh, Scott, what do you do sort of when, in your downtime when you, when you get some time to relax and, and have some, some time to yourself during the season? You don't get a whole lot of time off, but, but what do you like to do? No. I, I like to, I just like to relax. I love to, you know, as you speak, I'm sitting on a rocking chair. <laughs> I'm to my dad's getting the barbecue ready, so he's going to put a piece of meat on it. Um, sun's going down, so it's nice and cool. Um, but in general, yeah, I like, I like, to, um, uh, I like to, to travel a lot. I like to see the world, and, and obviously, if I can, I um, love to go golfing, and what better place to, what better place to come than, uh, than, than Florida. So when I get the chance, which I never really did get that much in, while I was in Europe because of the weather and the hard kind of early season games with the, the Euro League or Champions League so now I've really got the you know the time to, to get a few rounds in <laughs> yeah we definitely have so, a, a lot of golf courses around here that's for sure yeah for <laughs> choice, choice but I've heard that now that now now the time when it's the worst place to play because it just gets too hot so <laughs> I'd rather probably be by the pool or in the pool <laughs> yeah and, and we give water hazards a whole new meaning here with the the occasional alligator oh <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I've been in one. We went in one. I can't remember what lake it was. I think it was Lake Conway. With uh, there's a group of us. There's Charles, uh, Josh, Savando, uh, and uh, Bonnie, and uh, we're all on the boat. And you know, we got this sandbank. So we're all sitting in the thing. And I was like, oh, there aren't there alligators or snakes? And then like, Savando's like, yeah, there could be, but don't worry about it. It'll be fine. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, well, Servando's got a little bit different uh, attitude, I think, towards him than I do. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, Scott, you're, you know, 
as a veteran player, you know, it seems like this is a, a team that's that's been put together with with veteran leadership in mind. Is that something that you you see with guys like your, yourself and Will and Jonathan and and um, you know maybe uh, you know Nocherino and some of those guys? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think that's that's kind of the what the coach was going for in, in building the team, but not just obviously older guys, but getting this good mix um, and a good core for the, for the team. Um, you know, when we, if we play, if you look at just our back four, for example, you've got me on the right, an older guy, you've got someone next to me, either uh, Aha or Tommy Redding, um, who's a young kid, then you've got Spectres, an older, and then you've got Donnie or PC, and it's kind of like balances nicely uh, throughout the, I think, throughout the team. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, yeah, we've brought in some great leaders in in Will Johnson and and John Spector, and and I think it definitely helps. And they're very vocal and and get the team going, especially Will. Will was, uh, Will was born for that, so it's um it's good to be a part of, and I help out where I can. You got a young player uh, coming up behind you in Rafael Ramos. Have you been? Have you worked with him at all? Is, is it a, is, is you know how how is your relationship with with some of those young guys and, and do you take uh, on a mentorship role? Uh, you try to you try to you know I mean it's always a bit um, uh, it's a bit of a tough one obviously if you with players in the exact same position that are gunning for you kind of thing but that's just the, that's just the way it is in in in, in, in the game and um, it's great and it brings every team obviously. Uh, a lot further if he's got this uh, competition for places and and Russ has been been great you know he's been he's one of the first guys I actually met in the team when he picked me up when I first uh, uh, first arrived when when Orlando when we played Philadelphia when I just came at Tata and met the team um, so he's always been really really nice and um, obviously I would try and help him where where I can and there will definitely be games where he plays as well and and uh, I just need yeah, to obviously concentrate myself and. Uh, make sure that I do my job and and, uh, and yeah and help him out or the other younger players uh, as much as I can. All right, Scott. Before we let you go, I just wanted to ask you about your your transition here. Just ask you what what's the toughest thing for you uh, about MLS and, and the transition you've made uh, coming over from Europe. Um, I think I mean if I compare the leagues and where I've played before and, to, and to the MLS now, I, I definitely say that it's a more athletic league over here. I'd say tactically or technically it's it's not quite on top level yet, but obviously that, that's coming, that's coming. And um, But I think definitely the athleticism is is, um, is very impressive. I mean, it's, the games are faster, the guys are, uh, are quicker. Uh, and every game I kind of uh, end up playing, obviously, against the left winger that, that, that is usually faster than me, so I need to Try and rely on my uh, uh, tac- uh, tactics and and uh, my cleverness to try and, get, uh, and not allow him too many chances. So um, I think that's kind of the main the, the main thing about it. It's just um, it's really it's an athletic league, and if it keeps the same like that and the quality increases as it is, then then uh, you know it'll be it will be definitely a league to watch. All right, well, Scott Sutter, Orlando City defender, thanks so much for taking time out of your schedule this week, a, a very compact week with two two fixtures. Uh, thanks so much, and good luck to you the rest of the season. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks. I'll speak to you soon. All right, just about to put a bow on uh, episode 88 of the Mainland Podcast. want to thank... Scott Sutter for stopping by. Really appreciate that. He's a he's seems like a good dude and uh, enjoyed talking to him. And um, you know he's really uh, added uh, an element to, to this Orlando City team that was missing. And uh, it's good to see some quality fullback play. We I don't think really knew how the the state of the fullback <laughs> play was until we until we upgraded this year. And it's been a lot of upgrades and it's been spectacular. You know, I mean, nobody's perfect, but you can, if you, if you at all are watching the games, you can tell how big of an improvement it has been this year. Would you say it's been spectacular? It's been spectacular. (laughs) Uh, All right. So we've got a game against DC United, Orlando city playing DC United. Orlando city is two, three and O all time against DC. So there's always a winner. There's never a draw. Um, and more often than not, it's been uh, DC, but Orlando got the last laugh in the finale at Camping World Stadium last year. Uh, it was funny because, uh, you know, to that, 
it kind of had been low scoring close games. And then last year's games were four, one and four, two. So uh, not quite as close and not quite as low scoring. <laughs> uh, Dave, what do you see as the key matchup against DC United? And uh, who, uh, what do you think the, the score line is going to end up being? Okay. So um, key matchup for me is going to be the uh, attacking third. So not just, um, not just the, the strikers, but also the top part of the diamond. Um, they have got to find their form again. Um, so it, it's all going to hinge on if, if Laren and Rivas and whoever else can break out of their uh, slumps. Um, obviously we won't have Kaka, but um, you know, perhaps, uh, Barnes is able to get involved, uh, MPG. It, it doesn't matter which uh, combination. They've got to step up and find the back of the net. So that's the important part for me. Okay. Um, well, we've, already I, assu- we've already established that MPG is never scoring a goal for this team. Right. Yes, I know. Well, <laughs> now, I, I didn't say he was going to score. He could get the assist. Oh, okay. That, that, okay. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not getting crazy over here. <laughs> um, I'm I'm a generally positive person, to, despite what my coworkers might think, and um, I'm going to go. We're we're back home. Uh, I don't think that we can continue on uh, a winless streak that long. And gosh darn it, we we've got to win one game in this month. So. I'm going with a one nothing win. I think the defense um, remains strong. I think that Laren breaks his little funk that he's in, and he gets one. And um, I actually, I, I'm, my feeling is it's, it's actually going to be fairly early, and then much like we did against uh, New York that one time, we will just hold back wave after wave and, and pull out the win. All right. Um, I'm going to say that the key matchup for me is going to be controlling Luciano Acosta. I think that he's a very quick, very creative player. And I don't think that, I don't think that DC has a lot to offer offensively without him being involved. So I, I think that, for me, that's the key matchup is can the defense and Antonio Notorino or, or whoever plays uh, defensive mid, if it's not Notorino, um, since it's a short week, uh, I think whoever is going up against him in that spot, whether it's Aguita, Johnson, whoever, that's the key matchup for me. Got to keep a coast to quiet to keep uh, DC United quiet, I think. And um, I will say that the final score because I just don't think this month is going to relent. I think it's a 1-1 draw. Ah, darn it. I, I just, you know, it's like, it's almost like it's, it's we need the whole complete set. <laughs> you know, the, just like, <laughs> let's finish out the month and just be done with it. Just, and, just be done with and it. Then and then turn the page. Away. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, it's really hard to pick Orlando City because even when they've, even when they've played well enough to win, they haven't won. So it's really hard to pick them to win right now. Yeah, um, I know. So, okay, then on the weekend, we get Chicago Fire coming into town. They are red hot. And uh, what do you see as the key matchup there and your score prediction for that one, Dave? They are red hot, and that uh, they are on fire. Um, haha. Anyway, um, the, the key matchup for me on that one is going to have to be the defense. I mean, they... Um, they're not necessarily prolific in scoring, but they can obviously score goals. Um, they're on, gosh, what a, a four game win streak before they, you know, hit us. So, um, I, unfortunately, despite the fact that we're home and, uh, despite my belief that we'll be coming off a win, I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to give that one a two, one loss, um, in the purple palace. Um, I'm not even sure who's going to score the goals, but I just, I, I have a, a bad feeling that, that they're hot, we're cold. And then unless something changes drastically, not that, but we're going to be on, you know, short turnaround and just, um, you know, so their, their legs are going to be fresher. I, I, I think that's a really, uh, hard one for us to, uh, to come away with. Mm-hmm. We've already been tortured by David Akam in the past, and uh, they've got somebody even better than David Akam now. 
uh, in the person of Nemanja Nikolic. And he's been, I don't know if, he's not a household name, but he should be. And he will be probably before the end of the year because he could win the Golden Boot. Uh, Nikolic uh, is phenomenal. I mean, his movement Mm -hmm. off the ball is incredible. He finds pockets of space. He's almost like a, I guess I would call him a more mobile and more shifty and better striking version of Chris Wondolowski. Uh, he's, oh, yeah. he's just like, he gets in those spaces and you, all of a sudden he's there and he's, you know, in a, in kind of the way that Wando does, he's like, it's like, where did he come from there? You know, there he is with the right. ball on his foot. He does that only he's more skilled. And I think that the, for me, the key matchup is certainly going to be, um, you know, the specter aha combination going up against him and really mm-hmm. the entire back line going up against him. And, and meanwhile, Oh yeah. You still have to deal with the speed of David Akam and mm-hmm. the, the craftiness of, uh, you know, a, a guy like uh, Bastian Schweinsteiger. So oh, it's, <laughs> they've really become a, a very effective team in a very short amount of time by making some, some key signings and some, yeah. splash a little bit of money around. And, and you got to like what the Chicago fire have done. I would say, for me, I'm going to qualify my score prediction. I'm okay. going to say if Orlando City wins against DC United, I say they beat Chicago 2-1. Ooh. If Orlando City draws or loses to DC, I'm going to say Chicago wins 3-1. Mm. So that's wow. That's uh, that's I, I'm putting a qualifier in there that one result's going to affect the other because I think that if the, if Orlando gets some confidence, they can play with Chicago. If they don't get that confidence, and and in fact build upon the lack of confidence uh, it's just going to be ugly i think so that's there you that's have it sort of listeners where, we that's, want... that's where my head's at right now anyway so what we really want is for me to be right uh tonight and and by virtue of that you to be right on uh on uh sunday yeah something like that all right that works that's that's a lot of permutations. So hopefully, every, hopefully everybody, <laughs> everybody follow that. Everybody hopefully Just, has written that down. That's uh, right. <laughs> that's that's what we need. We need you to write that Get down. Your, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to create a program for our uh, our, our predictions for yeah. people. So okay, uh, Dave, we got uh, Pride Breakers. We've got uh, you know obviously Orlando City with two games this week. It's there's a lot going on. And uh, I'm excited to, to see how it all plays out. That's the, the cool thing about it is we're not even to June yet. So there's so much soccer left to go this summer. And, um, you know, it's it's every week is a new adventure. And you might go through some highs and some lows. The important thing to remember is not to get too high or too low. As fans, it's really hard. For me especially, it's really hard for me not to get down after losses and, and not to feel really euphoric after wins. And, and that's just part and parcel for being a fan really um well and and we have an advantage in that um since we were covering the team so i i'm with you immediately after a win or immediately after a loss i am high or i am low mm-hmm. um but i then have to go back and and we have to look at things and we have to analyze and we have to you know go back and watch it again and you know so we're kind of lucky in or unlucky, uh, depending on how you look at it, and that we, since we have to do that, that allows us some, you know, professional perspective that, you know, we can, okay, so, you know, uh, you know, we can go, we go dig into the details of it and we can see what's going on. It doesn't make it necessarily better, mm-hmm. you know, we don't necessarily feel like it still hurts our heart when we lose, mm-hmm. but at least we are, you know, we're coming at clinically where we can we can get a little perspective maybe so city and the pride are gonna be at home ocb is at pittsburgh on saturday at highmark stadium against the pittsburgh riverhounds and um hopefully anthony pulis will get his uh, his team uh back on a schedule they're going to be playing on saturday then the following wednesday then the next week so it's they're going to actually be able to get into maybe a little bit of a rhythm uh which they have not been able to do over the last month with only playing two games so um you know it's they had the opposite as uh, Orlando City. Orlando City had all those games in May, and they only had two. So uh, go Young Lions, go Pride, and go Lions uh, this weekend. And uh, let's turn last week's you know Black Saturday into into a really great weekend uh, with filled with air conditioning, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Dave, I will tell you now that if fans want to. Uh, want to ask us questions we will read your email on you got emails for us you got feedback send them in 
uh, you can send them to us at uh, themainland at gmail.com. We would love that. Or you can tweet us uh, with the hashtag AskTMLPC. So ask the Mainland Podcast. You can ask us anything. You can ask us stuff about soccer, uh, anything, USL, MLS, NWSL, uh, men's national teams, um, women's national teams, uh, Europe, uh, you know, CONCACAF, beer. Any, you know, beer. It doesn't even have to be about soccer. It could be about where should you go on your vacation. We're, we're experts in all fields. We can tell you that. So It could be about air conditioning. It, yeah, we could tell you about air conditioning. We could tell you how much a new capacitor costs uh, and all kinds <laughs> of stuff like that. So get your pets. Yeah, get your questions into us. Get your, your feedback, questions or comments. We'll read them on the air uh, here on the pod. Uh, just, uh, again, tweet us. And we're at, at the mainland uh, with the hashtag AskTMLPC or uh, email us at themainland at gmail.com. And uh, we hope to hear from you soon. In the meantime, we will uh, call it a, a night here for uh, episode number 88, or a day, depends on when you're listening. And uh, mm-hmm. we will, uh, of course, ask you to uh, read our stuff on themainland.com, uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. And uh, if you like what you hear, or even if you don't, please give us your honest uh, listener rating on iTunes and, uh, and leave us a little bit of a review, and that'd be great. And uh, we will be back next week to break down two games for Orlando City, D.C. United, Chicago Fire. Hopefully we'll be very, very, very happy. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll also talk about the Pride and the Breakers. We'll talk about OCB and the Riverhounds. We'll talk about who we're going to play in the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, We'll probably talk a little bit of international soccer. Uh, The U-20s, Tommy Redding and the boys are are about to go into knockout rounds. So there's a lot going on, David Rowe. It's a fantastic summer for soccer. It is. It's 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 great. So, uh, in the meantime, I guess we'll just uh, let this thing end. We'll let the mystery be. We'll find out what happens over the course of the next <laughs> seven days. And uh, on behalf of David Rowe, I am Michael Citro signing off for episode 88 of the Mainland Podcast. The way I always do by saying, "Go City." <laughs>